Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, y'all? Recording this just after the Sixers get a 95-73 blowout win over the Mavericks in their opener at the NBA Summer League in Vegas. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. Joining me today, uh, the man who's going to be behind some of the magic you see at Liberty Ballers, Paul Hudrick. Paul, what's going on, my man? I'm just uh, living the dream over here, enjoying some summer league hoops, man. How about you? I'm doing all right, dude. And uh, I'm going to apologize to you as I'm dealing with a bit of an infection. That's why you're hearing uh, my voice sounding a, a little bit off, but hopefully we'll be back to normal in the next couple of days. But Paul, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, the Sixers, let's be honest, the Mavericks are sending the equivalent of a high school team to to Vegas for, for what they got there. So, I mean, it wasn't a surprise to see a pretty deep and loaded young Sixers squad that should be one of the favorites to win the summer league title in Vegas. But uh, it was a blowout. They're up 23 at the half. What did you gain uh, gain out of this game? I mean, Tyrese Maxey, we talked about this. He looked like a world beater throughout and a guy who actually played significant minutes in the NBA in his rookie season, looked that much better than the competition in the opener at Summer League, except for maybe that one blown dunk that he had off the steal. In the first <laughs> quarter. But, uh, what were your thoughts overall and just how the team looked? And again, we're dealing with a bunch of young guys here, but what were your initial thoughts on the opening win? Yeah, I mean, you can't talk about much without talking about Tyrese Maxey first, right? I mean, he was, he was unbelievable. Looked like the best player on the court for pretty much the entire game at 19 in the first half doing. And what I liked uh, jazz was that he showed you a little bit of everything. Um, he showed you uh, this, the stuff that you really loved last year, whether it was the floater game that that's, you know, he's become known for, uh, you know, as the year went on last year, he got so much better when he got to the basket of drawing contact. You saw him do that, get downhill, finish through contact or draw fouls defensively, I thought, you know, playing the passing, I think he had three steals and then just one, you know, on ball defense, he was clearly better than anyone else. You know, he clearly made up very well against anyone on the Mavs roster, which you mentioned Terry is really the only guy with any kind of offensive firepower on that entire summer league roster. And then, you know, lastly, but perhaps most importantly, the shot, man, I mean, you know, he's three for six from three and just some audacious aggressive attempts, which I love. Um, I love to see that because I think that's the thing that's really going to elevate him uh, to, to perhaps even having a bigger role than what he had last year. And then speaking of that audaciousness, you look at a guy like Isaiah Joe, who was, you know, he, he got hot early, went scoreless in the second half, but at 15 early first half points, he was, you know, he had the one, the step back three was absolutely beautiful. He takes a charge, um, you know, and then when you look up and down, Jaden Springer, the first round pick, it was a little up and down offensively, the shot, wasn't necessarily falling, but I like that he got to his spots on the floor defensively. I mean, the whole team, I thought defensively was very, very good. They showed a lot of effort on that end, but Springer, you could see, man, he's got really good defensive instincts. He's already got 
that NBA body to him as an 18 year old. So to me, that's often the hard part when you're talking about an NBA rookie is getting them to buy in and contribute on the defensive end of the floor. The fact that he's already there is super encouraging. And again, the fact that he used that NBA body and that strength that we saw so often him use the Tennessee, I thought he got to his spots a lot, just maybe didn't quite connect on as many shots as you would like. But yeah, overall, I mean, the defense is what stood out. And then, you know, when you talk off the top about the Mavericks just not having a very good summer league roster, they don't have guys with experience. The Sixers have a bunch of guys that have that experience. And I think that definitely showed uh, throughout the entire game. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and I noticed that with, with Springer as well. I mean, this, you know, the guy's like, what, five weeks short of his of his 19th birthday. He looks like a yeah. tank. I mean, he's built. And you could tell, like, his upper body, he has a lot of strength. And, and he, he's still going to get stronger. That's a scary part. You know, he's going to be working with professional-level strength and conditioning guys, uh, coaches, part of me, who are going to help them uh, kind of build, get his game and his body to another level. But he had that spurt in the third quarter where – you know, he had, he made some shots and, you know, he had that one beautiful play where he came in, basically had three Mavericks all over him, was able to kind of beat them and showed his touch on, on a nice little uh, floater. He got in off the backboard. But when you were looking at Springer, do you think nerves played a little bit of a role of why he got off to a slow start in the first? Cause he really started coming along again in the second, right? Definitely. And he, he even acknowledged that to us, you know, I was in on the, the post game zoom call there. And even he acknowledged that, that he felt, like he had some jitters, which understandably uh, you're an 18 year old, you know, playing in your first, you know, quote unquote NBA game. Uh, not quite the same thing. He did mention that the speed was a little bit faster than what he was used to in college. So clearly it is a different level of play that he's playing at. So th there is that. And I do, like you mentioned that third quarter stretch, I thought that's where you started to see, okay, this is why they drafted this guy. Uh, you mentioned that play and that, that was a beautiful thing uh, that where he's basically gets by three defenders and has an underhand scoop. And that's something, again, that I think really stood out of Tennessee is that he was strong, aggressive, and he was kind of, he was pretty creative around the rim, a pretty creative finisher. Cause he's not, when you watch him, he does a lot off of two feet, which is, I know that's something that a lot of, a lot of people have talked about with him um, finishes a lot with two feet around the rim as opposed to one. Uh, obviously you're not getting as much lift if you're coming off two feet every time. So because of that, he's going to be, he's going to, if he's going to continue to play that way and finish off two feet, he's going to have to be crafty. He's going to have to, you know, really use his touch around the rim um, and, 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 you know, and really find a way to navigate big NBA bodies underneath because while he does have that strength to him, there are going to be NBA players that are going to be able to match that strength. So he's going to have to find counters. He's going to have to find different ways to score. But yeah, I mean that. To, but to me, yeah, that third quarter run was just super encouraging. He also had that corner three where Maxi found them mm -hmm. um, leaking out, and I think that's the early path to his his way on the floor for the Sixers. Is that if he makes threes and he plays tough defense, that's I, I don't see it happening a ton as a rookie. Stranger things have happened, uh, but I think that's his fastest way to minutes. Is that? But I still think he's got something too off the dribble. I still think there's something there. Uh, just, just really, they really need to tap into it. Really need to develop them. But it, it to me, I came, I came away more impressed than anything else. Uh, especially like you said, after he got over the jitters in the first half, on uh, the third quarter, I thought he was pretty impressive. Yeah, and, and and I think that's what you're you're looking for a guy who's going to be. I mean, again, you're you're, you're picked near the end of the first round. You're looking for somebody who is going to develop and possibly give you some minutes, like we saw with Maxi last season. You know, that was a pleasant surprise that this guy comes in and is able to to. I don't want to say have over like have a major impact, but he had an impact and, and he was able to show 
that he has a future, not just a short-term, but a long-term future in the NBA. So we'll see how Springer uh, progresses as we get later into summer league. I wanted to ask you about Philip Petrusev. A- anything come to mind with him? Because I think when I, when I saw for a guy who, who you know, who, who's 21 years old, uh, had some professional experience right now, you know, playing over in Europe. Uh, what did you think of, of his performance? He played 19 minutes, uh, five points, four rebounds, uh, made some nice defensive plays. I thought he was, he was good on rotations at periods. And, and again, he's not going to be known for his, his rim protection, but he did have three blocks. Uh, what did you think of his game? And do you see any potential there that this guy can be a rotational piece going forward? You know, I, I thought he was, he was quiet offensively, certainly, you know, one of four from the field. Uh, he took two threes, missed them both. Uh, I don't know if that was a thing where he, maybe he's, you know, still feeling things out and, you know, coming from overseas, maybe he didn't quite, he didn't fight, quite feel comfortable maybe being a little bit more aggressive. And when you have, you know, the other guys taking on a role sometimes, you know, when you have a guy playing as well as Maxi was or as well as Isaiah Joe was, um, you kind of almost get out of the way and let them do their thing. So I think that might've been a part of it. But yeah, you mentioned, you know, he had the three blocks and I think you make a really good point when you talk about him with, with the rotations and him. And it, it seemed like his defensive instincts were better than I thought they were going to be uh, because that's certainly not what he was not, what he was known for. He was an offensive player. That's why he won the uh, Adriatic league MVP because of his offense. He didn't win it because of his defense, but yeah, I thought the blocks were impressive because they were, again, it wasn't just, you know, it was him seeing a play develop and timing it well and, and finding, you know, getting to the rim, protecting the rim. So I was, I was pretty impressed with him on the defensive end of the floor. I, I would like to see a little, maybe a little bit more aggressiveness. I thought there was one play where he got the ball on the baseline and it looked like he had an opportunity to post up, but instead he kind of settled for an 18 foot jumper. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive to see what he can do. But certainly look, if, if, if you're, you know, a near seven footer and you can shoot the three ball there. There's probably a role for you on an NBA bench somewhere. So, you know, he, he clearly did that last year overseas. I think he was over 40% last year from three. So if he can bring that over, if we see a little bit more of that as the, as the, the summer league goes along and perhaps as he gets a little more comfortable with his teammates and that's, you know, the other thing I'm going to point out too, you know, uh, Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed, these guys, uh, Rajon Tucker, even they all play together. So they all have a familiarity with each other. They know the organization, they know the offense, they know everything. So, you know, a guy like uh, Petrusev is kind of coming into a tough spot where he's not quite up to speed on everything. So, you know, he is going to be a little bit behind a- another big, like a Paul Reed. So uh, do I think he could be a rotational guy? You know, clearly not this year. The, the, the plan seems to be to stash him. So that's going to be the deal, but I don't, you know, could he develop into that? Possibly. Um, he's going to have some competition in that regard because Paul Reed is going to be in that mix. And then Charles Bassey, who we unfortunately didn't get to see today, who, uh, according to Keith Pompey, the Inquirer said that, you know, his agent basically sat him out because he doesn't have his NBA rookie contract yet. So I think what I, I like what the Sixers have done in the sense that they've stockpiled that kind of, um, you know, they, they, they have something behind Joel Embiid and now Andre Drummond, they have a Paul Reed, they have a Petrusa, they have Bassey. So they have that pipeline of big men. And I think that's what it is. You know, you, you take chances on these guys and you hope one of them turns into that guy that, that you envision. So could Petrusa be that guy? Perhaps. Last one for you, Paul. I don't know if you, if you're able to catch this during the broadcast, they did do an interview with, uh, with Doc Rivers. Um, they asked him about the Andre Drummond signing 
And he just touched on the fact that, hey, we're looking at him completely as a backup to Joel uh, and beat, of course, and saying that they're going to basically, you know, when Joel's out of the game and, and if Joel does deal with injuries, which he's obviously has throughout his career, uh, that that's when we'll see Drummond on the floor. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that, too. When you're looking at Drummond's fit minus Joel on the floor, do you think that could work as well as maybe not only Doc Rivers, but obviously Daryl Morey and, and the rest of the staff there are hoping it will? I think that's going to depend on Doc Rivers because um, he just really loved for some reason to play Dwight Howard and Ben Simmons together. And it, it didn't work. It didn't work during the regular season and it didn't work in the postseason. but he kind of continued to go back to that. And then, uh, you know, you also put in Matisse Thibel with that lineup and offensively, I mean, you're, you're basically asking for trouble uh, to, to have those three players on the floor. And then, you know, with all due respect to Andre Drummond, who, who I think can do a lot of positive things, for this team, his skill set is so similar to Dwight Howard's. I don't know what gives the organization confidence that that mixture uh, of that big man, that backup big, you know, like a guy like Drummond with Ben Simmons, I'm not sure what gives him the confidence that it's going to be any different than Dwight Howard last year. Now, <laughs> we won't get into it because that's a whole other podcast for a whole other time, but Ben Simmons might not be here. So that could change the dynamic. Um, or Doc Rivers could perhaps stagger more Ben Simmons and Joel and be together and just make sure that that Drummond and Simmons don't share the floor a lot. That can be done. I don't think doc did it enough last year, quite frankly, with Dwight Howard and Ben. Uh, so I think it, it's, it, is there a world where Andre Drummond makes sense? But yes, but I, I, and I do think he could do a lot of positive things. Listen, this is a two-time all-star that's coming here for the minimum that can really rebound the hell out of the basketball is a pretty good defender, a pretty good rim protector, pretty good, as well as, as you know, he gets a lot of steals for a big guy as well. Um, you know, so you could argue he is a slight upgrade over Dwight Howard in, so, in, in some sense. But I think in order to make that work, either Ben Simmons has to not be here or Doc Rivers has to do a better job of um, kind of staggering the minutes that those two share the floor. Yeah, that's going to be that'll be something interesting to keep an eye on as we get into training camp and, and into the season, which I mean, we're still a couple of months away from that. But um, that is something to keep an eye on. I appreciate you teeing me up there, Paul, with this one, because I got to say Adio is coming out with a podcast uh, should be dropping on on Tuesday morning. Uh, him and Steve Lippman, who wrote a great piece on, on Liberty Ballers about Ben Simmons and kind of his time basically wrapping up it should be wrapped up in philly again nothing official no rumors coming down yet but they're going to break down why they feel like it's time for uh for ben simmons to move on so that that podcast is dropping on tuesday hopefully next time i talk to y'all my voice is a little bit better again i apologize <laughs> dealing with a bit of infection but uh paul we'll do this again soon thanks for your help and, and, and i hope you're enjoying uh, uh joining the team at liberty ballers as well absolutely man so far so good and this this is the first but obviously will not be the last time i am on this podcast network so i am very very excited yeah, we'll be we'll be we'll be doing this throughout, like I said, the off season and, and leading up to training camp. Uh, hopefully, live from from Philly there, and we'll, we'll be able to get uh, get some great stuff out for y'all. Don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. That does it for this episode. Talk to y'all again next time.